Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I've traveled so many places. And everywhere I've gone, it's because of this book. To take the gospel. And I'm in these countries and, you know, and, and people gather and they, they just, they, when they gather, they stretch out their neck. They just want to hear a word. They just want to hear something that's going to encourage them and change them. And I just came back from Africa a couple of weeks ago, you know, and, and, and people are, they want you to preach and they preach a long time. And, you know, I preach for like an hour and so and there. And I'm like, okay, I'm at the end of my sermon. They're like, are, really? Can't you just go get some water and come back? We'll see you for another three hours. And then I come back to the U.S. and it's hard for me because people here, it seems that not all, and I praise God, I think in this church, not so much, but, but in many, many churches, people are so ambivalent to the word of God. And so they come to church with their arms like this here looking at you like, yeah, I dare you to bless me. <laughs> bless me, I dare you. Go ahead, bless me. You ain't going to make me laugh. You ain't going to bless me. And I go to other places, they're like, a word, just a word, just speak. It's so hard. And at the same time, we go to the movies, and if it's a three-hour movie, you won't move. You won't hardly breathe. You won't go potty. Can you say potty from the pulpit? I guess I just did. You mean you get, oh, I miss a thing. Oh, no, no, I miss a thing. You'd be like, yeah, mm, that's a great movie. <laughs> I can't leave. I've had pastors tell me that they, in their churches, they, like, they find out here, I preach easy 40 minutes, easy on a Sunday, on a Wednesday night. Expect an hour. Am I right about it, Wednesday night people? We preach an hour. People sit. They love it. Praise God. We, but pastors tell me that their church is 25 minutes. They can't preach more than 25 minutes or people be doing like this. I'm like, wait a minute. What, what you doing? You got a tick? Something wrong? If you got some place to go, please go there. That ain't going to speed me up. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach the word. That ain't going to speed you like... I'm like, what's wrong with you? You got a problem, not me. And so John would go to these churches and people were expecting. Thank you, Jesus. That's the word. Expectant, listening like John, speak a word. And they would tell him, John, speak a word. Just word, speak a word. And John would sit there. Again, he's famous and people are gathered. And he would sit there and look out to the audience. And he would say, brothers and sisters, love one another. 
and get his disciples to pick him up and take him out. And people are like, is that it? You mean tell me I drive all this way for you to say something one thing? You better say something else. I know that. And John became known for his single sentence sermons and people would get upset. Even this one guy even said to him one time, he walks up to John and he says, John, he says, you saw Jesus face to face. And, 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 and when he rose again from the grave, you were there. And all you tell us is love one another. And John simply looked at him and smiled and said, brothers, if you love one another, that's enough. Isn't it? Man. If we got, I'll wait, praise the Lord. If, if we could get a hold of that one simple thing, love one another, everything would flow from that, wouldn't it? We got to have that. We got to love each other and pray for each other. John loved to talk about love. I believe the reason John loved to talk about love is because he wasn't only the apostle of three, but ultimately he was apostle of one. The other apostles were martyred, as I said, and dead. And he's the last living apostle. Paul is beheaded. John loved to talk, loved Jesus, and Jesus loved John. And John told us over and over again in his gospel that he was the apostle that Jesus loved. John probably looked at the other disciples and said, I want y'all to know. I am the apostle that Jesus loves. Not you. Now, how do we know that? Because John told us over and over and over in the scriptures. What do you mean? You got a pen? Write it down. John 13, 23 John tells us the disciple whom Jesus loved. John 19, 26. John 22. John 20, verse 7. John 21, 20. All tell us John is the disciple whom Jesus loved. John is the first to follow Jesus and the last to die. John was the only disciple present at the foot of the cross. Now listen, John wrote his epistle, saints, listen, very easy. John wrote his epistle for two simple reasons. Two simple reasons. Number one, that you, the whole gospel is written for these two reasons. Number one, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And number two, in believing, you might have life through his name. Turn with me to John chapter 20. We'll look at this verse, John chapter 20. Turn, let me hear those pages turning. John chapter 20, and look at verse uh, 30. 30, look at verse 30. John chapter 20, look at verse 30 and 31. John 20, verse 30. Are you looking at verse 30? If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, here's why, come on, read it with me, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. Two reasons why the gospel is written. Number one, that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. John calls the miracles, look at verse 30, John calls the miracles that Jesus did signs. Not just miracles. 
A sign is linked to something. A sign communicates something and proves something. John says there are many signs which are not written or recorded, but the ones that I'm pointing to have been recorded that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now, the question on everybody's mind in Jesus' day and in our day is who is Jesus? Was Jesus the prophet of God, the prophet, or was he the Messiah? Some were claiming that Jesus was a man that had become divine. Are you listening? Some were claiming that Jesus wasn't a man at all, but just a spirit. There was a group known as the Gnostics. You'll hear this word a lot. You might want to write it down. Gnostics, G-N, the G is silent, G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S, Gnostic. The word Gnostic means to know. There was a pervasive heresy in the church called the Gnostic heresy. These Gnostics claimed that they had super knowledge about Jesus. They taught when God sent Jesus, he didn't send him in the flesh. He didn't have a body, and if he did have a body, that would make him evil. They taught that Jesus couldn't be both human and divine since spirit and flesh cannot mix. So if he was deity, then he couldn't have a body materially. They taught he was a ghost. They said that they had eyewitness reports when Jesus walked on the shore that he didn't leave footprints in the sand, and when he ate, Nobody ever saw him take a bite that they just he just put the food to his mouth. But nobody ever saw him take a bite. They discounted Jesus as the God man or deity. Are you getting me? And their heresy began to infiltrate the church. And that's why John wrote. Here's why John. I'm trying to help you learn something. Here's why John wrote first John chapter one, verse one. Through three, the reason John wrote this verse, come on, read it with me. That which was from the beginning. Oh, y'all need to read better than that. Come on. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Come on, read. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, come on, y'all read, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father. The reason John wrote these verses was to refute the Gnostic heresy. John is saying in these verses, no, 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 no. We have seen him. We have had breakfast with him. We've been loved by him and we talked to him and we've been touched by him. And this is the message we declare unto you. John says, listen, we are making this stuff up. This message of Jesus isn't a our personal ideas or opinions. I've received this message from Jesus. These Gnostics were trying to invent their own Jesus and they taught their own concept of Jesus. And unfortunately, are y'all listening? We live in a culture that is trying to invent their own Jesus and they have their own concept of Jesus. Am I right about it? Clap your hands if I'm right about it. I know it. It's true. People seek to invent their own concept of Jesus. Today we... People want to make up their own version of God. 
Their version of God usually looks like Santa Claus. He likes everyone. He hates no one. He judges no one, excuses everyone, and satisfies my every whim. Somebody once said, if God made man in his image, then man has returned the compliment. I've heard people say, well, I think God is like this, so I think God is like that. Listen, with all due respect, who cares what anybody thinks God is like? You can say God is a combo plate in a Mexican restaurant, and you would be wrong. And say amen. Somebody can say whatever they want to say, but what really matters is what God has revealed about himself in the scriptures. The Bible is God's message about himself. This is God's message about himself, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions, come on, say it with me, basic instructions before leaving earth, the Bible, God's word, is his message to man about himself. And what John tells us about God is what God told John about himself. And we cannot be confident in our own opinions or our ideas about God unless they are genuinely founded on what God has said about himself. And John says, I'm writing that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. So read this and know who God really is. Have you ever thought about this? There have been many people who have captivated the minds and the imaginations of people. And they have come and they are gone. And some are even forgotten. But the country Jew boy, Jesus, in a town on the wrong side of the track, somebody need to say amen, who lived out his life in a backwater bay called Galilee with an occasional trip to the big city. He never traveled the world, never wrote a book, but there's been more books written about him than all the libraries of the world could ever hold. Never wrote a hit song. And there are tens of thousands of songs written about him. Never came up with a great invention. He died a criminal's death like death row. His disciples claimed he was raised from the dead. And they died as a result of that claim. And they gave their life for it. And their wives and their children were beaten and murdered and tortured and raped all because they held to their testimony that Jesus Christ really was the Messiah sent from God and that he really did rise from the grave. And because they held that testimony, they were martyred and they allowed and watched their Fox's book of martyr. Get it. And watched their wives and their children be martyred and killed and beaten and raped. And my question to you is, if it wasn't true, who in the world in their right mind would allow that to happen to themselves and to their families for a lie? No one would. No one will give their life for a lie. And if you would, you certainly wouldn't watch your wife. Therefore, we know. It is true. He is the Messiah. He is God. He really, 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 really did. Listen, it makes sense. No one dies for a lie, period. 
If it was a lie, when you, when you get to my wife and you get to my kids, I go, hold on, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hey, 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 man, I made it all up. I mean, <laughs> nah, don't do that. Not with my wife and kids. Nobody allows their family to suffer for a lie. Saints, you got to understand something. Listen, here's Christianity 101. At the heart of Christianity is not a philosophy. At the heart of Christianity is not even teaching. It's not a set of principles that will lead you to God. At the heart of Christianity is a person, is Jesus Christ. And that is why you can say, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship because it's with, I'm going to wait while somebody get excited. Clap your hands, do something. I have a relationship with a man, a person. It's not a set of rituals and rules and principles and by golly, good stuff to live by. No, that's not Christianity. Christianity, what stands behind Christianity is a person. It's Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And nobody, not nobody is going to get into heaven except through the person. That's why we have a relationship with the person. What stands behind the world religions and the world's great religions, you find philosophy, you find teaching, you find spiritual principles all designed to help you to get to God. At the heart of Christianity is a beautiful, remarkable person, Jesus Christ. No man has ever spoke like him. His teachings are as powerful today as they've ever been. The principles of the kingdom that he laid down on the Sermon on the Mount are incredible. And they have stood the test of time and, and, and has become a cornerstone for the civilized world. The laws that Jesus promoted is, is used in courts around the world today. But behind all of that stands a person, Jesus John tells us that what is written is written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And number two, that believing, and I'm going to let y'all out of here, that believing you might have life in his what? Name. Which reminds me, there's no other name like the name of Jesus. Am I right about it? Yep, I am. There's no other name like his name. Thank you, Lord. I'm trying. Amen. Jesus wants his readers, listen, to experience life, real life, abundant life. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to do what? Steal. And to do what? Kill. And to do what? Destroy. And I have come that you might have what? Life and that they may have, come on, read it with me, that they may have it more abundantly. The gospel of John is not just a book of doctrine. The point of doctrine is to impart life to the hearers. In John chapter 10, if you go read it in your own time, Jesus was talking about being saved from wolves and thieves that come to kill and destroy. And Jesus is saying, I'll keep you safe from every enemy that would destroy you. Jesus is saying, enter in by me and you'll be forever safe and saved. None of us wants to be merely safe. The human heart 
wants infinitely more than safety. We want life. And we want more than life. We want to thrive at every level. We're made for it. We want overflowing life, deep life, weighty life, a joyful life, abundant life. What is abundant life? And let me tell you what it's not. Abundant life is not stuff. Say amen. amen. It's not stuff. Abundant life is having peace. Isn't that what everybody wants? Peace. If I could just have peace. Abundant life offers you peace. Abundant life offers you joy. Abundant life offers you God. John is telling us the reason the gospel of John is written is so that you might have life, abundant life in his name, a life of peace, a life of safety, a life of protection, a life of security, a life of joy, a life of deep soul satisfaction, a life of God. The Greek word for believing is a continual action. Therefore, John is saying the more we believe, the more life we will experience. Knowing, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. Praise the Lord. Knowing Jesus and having a personal relationship with Jesus is real life. I want you to clap your hands like you mean it right there. Will you do it? It's real life. Having him. Now, let me leave you with this and then I'm going to let you go. Let me leave you with this, all right? In the Gospel of John, there are three groups of seven. Three groups of seven. Seven signs, write it down, or miracles. Seven witnesses and seven I am statements. Seven signs. Jesus builds a teaching around each of them. And these seven signs are a part of the evidence that Jesus is who he claimed to be. Seven witnesses, seven people that John calls on to bear witness as to who Jesus is. Seven people who make profound statements concerning the deity of Christ. And seven I am statements found in John. Remember in Exodus, look at me please. Remember in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, it was Moses who asked God, who shall I say sent me? God said, Moses said, God, what is your name? And God said, what, saints? I am that I am. Moses probably scratching his head and thought, you are what? (laughs) I am whatever you need. Whatever man needs is found in me. And then get this, get this. Okay, freebie. Isaiah 28, 10. How shall my word be taught? Precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Here's precept upon precept. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. God says, Moses, tell him, I am. So the statement, I am, is a term for God. It's a precept. We find that same precept 1,500 years later as Jesus comes on the scene echoing the same declaration of deity, I am. Jesus makes seven powerful declarations of deity. I have it for you on the screen. Seven, come on, y'all read it with me, all right? I am the bread of life. I am, come on, y'all read it, light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. 
I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. Jesus is everything you need. It's right there. It's right there. I'm not making it up. He's everything you need. I am. The bread of life speaks of sustenance. I'm the light of the world. That speaks of direction out of darkness. I am the door. That speaks of entryway into the kingdom. I am the good shepherd. That speaks of care and guidance and protection. I am the resurrection and life. Speaks of hope and glory. The way, the truth, and the life, he's absolute truth. Somebody say amen. And he is the vine. He's the way to live, to bear fruit, to stay connected to God. Whatever you need is found in Christ. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.